Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our all-stars bring you the inside knowledge for your home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy Show rolled on here on a Tuesday. What a good week. LSU football undefeated still with their win over Ole Miss. Saints proven a 3-1 with their win over the Giants. They've got a, a week to prepare for the Washington Redskins. That'll be on Monday Night Football next Monday night. Join us now to talk a little NFL and his new book called The Genius of Desperation, The Schematic Innovations That Made the Modern NFL is USA Today National NFL writer Doug Farrar. Join us. Doug, how are you, man? Good. How are you today? We're doing good. Um, you know, look, I, I was reading up on a little bit on your book, and I can't wait to, to dive into it because, you know, we've been talking about it the past few years here in New Orleans. Sean Payton has really, uh, his playbook has really just, uh, innovated what we've come to know as football in New Orleans. I mean, through the, the rough years of, of Jim Hazlitt and Mike Ditka and all this, it's been such a breath of fresh air what Sean Payton has, has brought. And it, it seems like his playbook is always evolving. Uh, is that what kind of you've seen from afar from the Saints? And I mean, that's Sean Payton playbook. Doesn't matter what, what year it is, how bad the team is, they're scoring points. Well, yeah, thank you. And one of the points I made in the book is that Sean Payton essentially invented or invented the need for a base nickel defense. If you remember in the 2000s, you know, nickel cornerbacks were kind of the guys who were too short, too slow, not quote unquote good enough to be starters. And the, the evolution to you have to have a starting slot corner really came about when Payton decided, Hey, we're going to flare Reggie Bush from the backfield to the slot about 80 times a year. And that third linebacker is going to be in a bad situation. And the third linebacker basically went away. And now teams are running, they used to run a 4-3, now they run a 4-2-5 with that extra cornerback, about 70% of their plays. And it was really what Sean Payton did to create that slot disruptor on offense. And you look at Payton's offense now, um, I mean, he's always had an affinity for being really creative with his running backs. And the stuff he's doing with, uh, you know, triple motion and misdirection um it's not new to him but he's really doing it at kind of a next level you know point because he has a guy like alvin camaro who can do just about anything so yeah peyton is one of those guys who is he's constantly evolving he's constantly looking at ways to disrupt defenses and uh you know he's been pretty successful with that <laughs> yeah and it'll be it'll be interesting to see too they get mark ingram back this week and you know some people are saying oh that might take away from alvin Kamara, but i think that gives him even more ammo to put to put Kamara out at, at wide out and move him all around the field and then another wrinkle they've added these past couple weeks is the the former byu quarterback Taysom hill who's been a a special teams demon for him they're finding ways to get him involved in the offense and it's just you can never sleep on sean payton whether they're dumping it to the fullback for a touchdown or handing it off to Taysom Hill, the third-string quarterback. I mean, he's throwing, throwing the whole playbook at you. Right, and one of the things that 
I mean, I've been asked, like, what was the constant threat of the book? And it wasn't just the innovation. It was kind of the NFL's resistance to those innovators. And you have a handful, you know, Peyton's one of them, Sean McVay and with the Rams, Kyle Shanahan with the Niners and certainly with the Falcons before that. And boy, what Andy Reid is doing this year is, is just a crazy quilt of stuff. <laughs> and so you have those, the, the handful of guys who are doing it that way, and you have a lot of people in the, in the NFL. I mean, I live in Seattle, and a lot of weeks – the Seahawks offense should be locked in a shed because it, I don't know what they're doing. Um, they're not trying to displace defenses. They're not trying to create disadvantages. They're just sort of going with a theory that doesn't really work anymore. And you'd be surprised how often in the NFL guys can create and maintain positions at high levels of coaching with that philosophy. Certainly, as long as Peyton has been in New Orleans, that has not been the case. Talking with USA Today, uh, National NFL writer Doug Farrar. Of course, you know him from all, you've been everywhere, Doug. SI, Yahoo, Bleacher Report. I mean, you've you've been doing this for a long time. So I, I can't think of anybody better to to write this book, The Genius of Desperation, uh, talking about how the 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 game has evolved, at least the offensive game and play calling has evolved through the years. Uh, take us back. How far do you go back? I mean, the early days of the NFL. Are we talking like wing T to the, the, up to the Wildcat, to the running quarterbacks with RG3. I mean, you, you must go through the whole history of it here. The whole thing, from the, yeah, from the T formation to the RPO. Starts in 1920. And one of the guys, one of the great things about the book, about the process of writing it, was to reveal people who were innovators that you don't know about. Like Clark Shaughnessy uh, became a, an assistant with the Bears in the late 30s. Uh, added passing elements to the T formation that allowed the Bears to beat the Redskins 73 to nothing in the 1940 NFL championship game, which is still the largest margin of victory in a single game in the league's history. Uh, he created the modern three receiver formation with the Rams as their head coach in 1949 when he moved Elroy Hirsch from tailback to receiver, not unlike what Sean Payton did with Reggie Bush. Um, you know, so it really does start at the beginning and it goes through all the tent post innovators, you know, Paul Brown, Sid Gilman, Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick, Buddy Ryan, all the innovators you would expect. And it really goes through, I mean, the genius of desperation title, it's, you know, the, the creative desperation of we're not, quote unquote, good enough to beat our opponent head on. We have to come up with something new. We have to come up with something outside of the box. And that's really the main story arc of the whole thing which is how these innovations came about and what their reach has been on the league through time. Uh, the book, The Genius of Desperation, it's on Amazon right now. It's it's nine ninety nine on on Kindle or fourteen bucks in paperback. So very affordable if you're looking for a good uh, football read. Uh, I can't wait to to dive into this one, Doug. Uh, how about we always talk about football trees and how coaches, you know, oh, he's from the Belichick tree or he's from the Bill Parcells tree. How much does that uh, work into it? Well, you know, Sean Payton spending years under Bill Parcells, does he take wrinkles from the Parcells uh, playbook? Is, is that what you found in, in your years of, of, of delving into this? Um, I didn't really focus on trees so much. I mean, it's an interesting concept. Um, I, I think what Payton did with the Cowboys was you know it was somewhat similar to what he does now um i think to the larger point it's about certain individuals matching scheme to personnel and understanding how to do that how to be a head coach how to understand the entire role 
I mean, it's always been my theory that one of the reasons the Belichick acolytes have not succeeded in the NFL is that Belichick does so much that it's hard to know. He doesn't, I mean, he delegates, obviously, <laughs> but it's hard, it's hard to understand a lot of the things that go into being a head coach unless you've done some of them. So, you know, maybe, maybe they just, you know, the guys under Belichick maybe don't understand those things until they get into those positions. Unlike Walsh, who I think was more open about teaching. I'm not, you know, I don't want to castigate Belichick. I don't know. I I, I could be completely wrong about that. (laughs) Um, You know, the trees aspect, I mean, look at the Andy Reid coaching tree right now. Pretty impressive. So (laughs) I think it's, it's up to the head coach, the guy creating those trees, because any successful head coach, you're going to look for his assistants. You're going to want to pick them off and make them head coaches. Um, and then you find out how much they actually know about the entire thing. Talk with Doug Farrar. Uh, Doug, uh, the Saints coming up Monday night. They got the Washington Redskins. Drew Brees is just 200 yards away from becoming the all-time uh, passing leader in the NFL. He's 100 behind Brett Favre, 200 behind Peyton Manning. So odds are he's going to get it Monday night on the national stage on Monday Night Football. And it's going to be a tremendous honor for him to do it at home in the Superdome in front of those fans. But uh, it always seems like Drew, you know, people talk about Drew as, as being one of the best, but it just seems like he's never in that conversation when you talk Brady, Rodgers, obviously Peyton when he was still playing. Why do you think Drew doesn't come up in that conversation as often? I mean, I think he does at times, but when people bring up the best right now, it's always Rodgers and Brady, and it's always Bree tends to, tends to be third or fourth on that list. And he's never won MVP. He's yeah. never once won MVP. He's been the most <laughs> statistically consistent quarterback of his generation um, and they haven't all, it was, it was funny how a couple of years ago, Oh, Breeze's deep arm is shot. Funny how that changed when they got Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn and they actually had guys who could, you know, run those uh, deep posts. <laughs> I, I think there's a misconception and, and it amazes me, but I think there is a misconception to a point and it, it's, it sounds completely idiotic to say it, but I think there's a misconception that Breeze is a product of Peyton's system. And I, I know what that sounds like, but I don't think that Tom Brady is perceived as an, uh, you know, a product of Belichick's system. Certainly Aaron Rodgers uh, elevates a very simplistic playbook. I, I, just, I, I wonder if people don't understand that Breeze would be transcendent in any scheme. Um, it's just that he's perfectly matched. And I would almost invert the question to say how successful would Sean Payton have been without Drew Brees. Um, but I think that could be one reason he doesn't get the respect is that people sort of pair uh, Peyton and Brees together. And I think that's accurate to a point, but certainly Brees does as much as any quarterback to prepare, to succeed. Um, when he has an offensive line like he does now and a set of receivers and Alvin Kamara and they get Ingram back, I mean, he's, he's not just completing uh, you know, nearly 80% of his passes He's doing it with shot plays. It's not, you know, three yards and just, you know, simple, easy stuff. Um, that's my only possible explanation for why he doesn't get more respect <laughs> is that he's so aligned with Peyton that people assume uh, a product of the system element, which is, as I said, completely erroneous. But I think that might be why. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it, you know, luckily he finally broke through and and won that Super Bowl back in '09. But now looking at the calendar, I mean, you're going on a decade almost now since they won that one, and it, it's it's almost sad, Doug. That you know, I think when his career is all done, we're going to look back and go, my God, if they even had a middle of the pack defense some of those years, yeah. this team could have been, you know, that he could have multiple Super Bowl rings like Tom Brady. Well, I mean, there was that three year stint where they did more seven and nine every year, and you know, he was doing what he always does and they didn't have defenses and you know, that the the rings element, the getting to the Super Bowl element, the playoff success element, that's certainly part of it. Um, you thought maybe with the defensive adjustments last year after the first two games, they got closer. But yeah, playoff success may play into it. The whole quarterback wins thing may play into it, which again is ridiculous. And anyone with <laughs> You know, even half a brain and a cursory look at his tape would know that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But you know, people look at what they want to look at. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun Monday night. Uh, hopefully, they can find a way to beat the Redskins and go into their bye week four and one. But certainly, it'll be exciting when Breeze eclipses that two hundred yard mark and becomes the all time leading passer. He is Doug Farrar. The book is The Genius of Desperation, the schematic innovations that made the modern NFL. It's on Amazon right now, like I said, you know, only fourteen bucks in paper paperback. So a very affordable book. Uh, if you're looking for a good read during football season, which I always am, I can't wait to, to dive into this. Uh Doug, just one more time, uh, give a give a plug to the book and, and what fans will really enjoy in this. Yeah, uh schematic history of the NFL from the early days to now and looking at the future, and I hope people enjoy it. Awesome. Doug, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll have to do it again soon. Thanks. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Doug Farrar there of USA Today, uh, formerly um, wrote for what Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, Yahoo. I mean, the guy's been covering the NFL for a long time, and we appreciate him uh, jumping on here for a couple of minutes. And really can't wait to uh, dive into into his book, um, you know, because we always talk about just how the game has evolved. And, I mean, it's really – it's become such a, a pass-happy league now, and now it's becoming a, a flag football league where it's don't touch the quarterback, you know, don't even put a hand on him, or we're going to throw a flag, and we're going to inflate the offenses even more and give you more first downs and more opportunities to continue drives. So real interested to read it, though, on, on just how the different schemes have evolved through the years of, of the NFL because, you know, back in the day, it was put a fullback in there, and we're just going to run the ball a million times, and, oh, the forward pass, you know, that's... It was like a, an innovative, innovative thing back then. So, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back uh, more on the Chris Gordy Show. Stay with us. Smart Attorneys at Law. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.